Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, my guy? Man, Press, it's Memorial Day weekend, bro. You know, got to put some on that grill, man. Hell yeah, say less. Hey, what you what you throwing on that grill, though, son? Man, some burgers, some links. Some fish, yep, some fish. Got to have some healthy on there, man. <laughs> <laughs> some corn, too, you know. Got to put some things on variety, though, friends. Okay. So, listen, audience, A-Dub about to tell – he listen, A-Dub about to have a colorful grill on that boy, man. He going to have to – that thing going to be nice. Corn on the cob. You gonna do, what, you going to do some shish kebab, too, or you don't do that? <laughs> I do a little bit of that, too. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, I love that, bro. I love that. You gotta hook it up, man. You gotta hook it up. And the other thing is, you don't do it. You don't. We don't do these kind of things often, right? So there are particular holidays when you may want to do these kind of things. And but more has always been that when the weather break. You know how I go, Chris. It's good weather. It may rain a little bit, but you're able to do some great things on that grill. And I tell you one thing, man. Salute to you, man, for throwing the fish and the veggies on there, man. Because most people, when they talk about grilling, it's always about the steaks. Because I'm telling you, I'm about to fire some steaks up. It's the steaks. <laughs> it's the burgers. It's the brisket. Well, listen, man, salute to you because you're like, no, I'm going to get some light stuff on there too now. Yeah, got to, man. I don't want to, you know, uh, destroy myself too badly, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know how I go, man. If you think about barbecue, friends, you know, we, we had this stuff left over for the next day. You know how I go, right? Oh, yeah. We got something left over. So when I have some leftovers, I want to have something good coming to that next day, man, if I had a bad day eating, you know? Right, because you like, listen, I'm going to eat all this good stuff on this Monday, but Tuesday I'm going to have that light, that little salmon. I'm going to have some good yeah. stuff down. Yes, sir. I feel you. you. get what I'm going. We get what I'm going now, bro. So, yeah, man, that's my mindset, friend. So, I'm looking forward to it. Well, and I'm just glad that we had this long weekend, brother, because you and I, man, we've been grinding, man. Not only just all this, and you guys know, AW and I, we still got our day jobs, and we still building the CSM sports platform, covering these different events. Hey, Dub, you've been grinding. I've been covering the Chicago sky. That's been a grind. You've been yep. out here on the AAU sports circuit. From what you were telling me about some of these tournaments, I can't wait to hear you chop it up on the show about what you saw in your most recent one because you was down in Iowa, right? Yeah, down in Iowa, man, at the Prep Girls Hoops, Prez. Man, that was dope. <laughs> hey, man, I saw some teams there, Prez, that I really did like, man. I will shout out because I think I also got to talk with the coach as well. And I'll start with Quad City Shocker 2023, friends. 
That's a team from Rock Island, Illinois. They got a great coach. Her name is Marquisha Harris. This is a young lady Prez that also played college ball overseas. She played overseas, you know, uh, ball overseas. She's going to college right now, Prez, to get her um, MBA. And she's just a good coach, man. She has a player on her team. Her name is Liddy Peterson, Prez. She's number 32. That's her number. If you ever hear that, see that number, Liddy Peterson. She can fight out ball. She plays multiple sports. Volleyball and basketball, Perez. And I'll tell you, she makes great decisions with the ball. She's a small fool, Perez. Makes great decisions. Doesn't get rattled right on the pressure. She can pass that baby as best I've seen anyone do it, Perez. And that young lady got another year left in, in high school, Perez, to show what she's able to do. So salute to her. Salute to um, Miss uh, Marquisha Harris, coach. Great job there. I right, said, so you know what? I'll tell you one thing, colleges, coaches, if any of you guys happen to listen, listen to this show, Hey, be on the lookout for that girl because it sounds like she's a sniper. Jesus, hey, man, she can fight out ball. And then you talk about another team there, Perez, the Kansas Blue Jays, 2023. This team is not from Illinois, Perez, but they played the hell out of the city's uh, Quad City Shocker, 2023, gave them a tough matchup. Now I'll tell you, this Kansas Blue Jays 2023 team from Wichita, Kansas, they are dope, man. <laughs> they actually have um, a good coach. Uh, his name is uh, Kendrick Barber. I chopped it up with Kendrick Barber. He's a great coach. He coaches prayers on teaching, developing, no matter how great a talent you are. I mean, he has a good philosophy going forward. And I got to salute to him and also his assistant coach, Chris Ellis, man. Those two guys got it going on. But they have some special players over there, man, um, that I thought that were uh, very good. I will say Samaya Ellis, she's actually a, a couple years away from graduating from high school for us. I think she's a freshman, sophomore for us, and she can flat out ball. You know how Khalil Copper plays, right? In attack mode, Perez. Yep. This young lady goes in attack mode, Perez. Like, if you come down to score, she's coming right back. I mean, she played against that Quad City Shocker 2023, and she just took over the second half. She was actually probably one of the best players I've seen in that tournament, man. So I want to salute to um, Coach um, Kendrick, Kendrick Barbara and his staff for doing a great job at developing this young lady because she's going to be something special down the road. She can shoot the mid-range shot, Perez. She can get to the cup, and she's explosive. She's fast. She controls tempo of the game. So watch out for her down the road. So what was she out? She's running point? Running point, Perez. And I'll tell you, man, <laughs> it's not a lot of young girls that we you and I have watched so far to say, you know what, who's actually can, can, can get on their way up and be able to play on that collegiate level. If she continues to develop, Perez, that's not a doubt that she won't get any offers, Perez, to go to college. I think she's on her way. Still young, raw, fresh. There you go. And see, that's why we, that's why we do this, because we want to introduce to you guys people and players and coaches that aren't getting that notoriety. Because as AW, I've already told you guys, we covering this thing from a grassroots, authentic, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, underground type of aspect. So we want to make sure that we're highlighting these people that not that aren't being talked about on an everyday type of basis, right? Because you know, once you get once you become a household name, A Dub, it's it's old news to people. Yeah, it is. We want to oh. bring you get we want to bring you these names before they're even a name, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Perez. Look, man, I saw another team, Perez, who I thought had a, a couple of a good ball on their team, man. And this team um, is from um, Alexandria, Minnesota. They call West Central United 2023 Perez. They have this one young lady. Her name is Willow Field. She's 5'10", small forward. She's the best post-up player in the tournament. She was the best post-up player in the tournament. Couldn't nobody guard her, Perez. Nobody. Smooth. A nice little mid-range shot as well, Perez, could not be stopped in that post. So I got to salute to her because I thought that she was somebody phenomenal. And then I'll go on to one more team here, Beyond Ball 2K23. 
24K, 2023. That's a team from Iowa, Chris. They have this one young lady on their squad who I thought was the best all-around player in the tournament. Her name was Elizabeth Puoto. She is tall, Perez, like about 5'10". She can handle the rock, Perez. She can bring it up. She can also shoot it. She can get to the bucket. She can do it all, and she can pass. I mean, she's going to be something special, Perez, in the next couple of years. So that is somebody I will say you want to definitely watch out for and keep it back in your mind. For sure, a young lady like her from Iowa dominated the whole tournament, Perez, without a doubt. I see. These, these are people that, as you and I can see on our AAU circuit coverage this summer, we're going to keep seeing these young ladies for the rest of the summer. So I'm going to be interested to see these people that you're talking about, how they look when we get down to the championship portion of the AAU tournament service. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when the bright lights come on. But right now, I'm really happy to hear that some of these people are already standing out. That's really huge. It's really huge. Yep. Really huge, man. And I got to shout out one more coach I talked to, Perez. His name is Coach Ryan. You and I have seen this team before, A to Zoe, um, yeah. Basketball Elite 2023. I got a chance to talk with him. He's actually in Elgin, Illinois, right? It was great to see another one, man. So with him, Perez, he's from Detroit, but he's, in, he's resonated here in Chicago and area, you know? And guess what he is, Perez? A huge White Sox fan, bro. Okay, <laughs> yes, sir. And I said, shout, hey, shout, out to, shout out to you, my brother. Yeah, I told him, I said, I, I talked to him, I said, look, my boy Prez would be happy to know that you are a huge White Sox fan. I said, I'm a Cubs fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he chuckled. He's like, yeah, I get out of y'all out here in Chicago. You got to pick a side. I said, you got to pick right. a side. That's right. So, but, yeah, he got a young team, Prez, a very young team. They're all very young. I mean, I know he lost some games in the tournament, Prez, but he has he's run a pretty good program at teaching the fundamentals of basketball. So I told Coach, I said, Coach, keep doing what you're doing because I cover a few of their games in that tournament. And I said, I see you all get better each game. Your team is learning. They're growing. I know they don't have the body size yet. They haven't grown the tool yet. They're still young. They'll be fine down the road, but you're giving them some valuable experience going against these older teams, older players to help them learn and grow. I mean, that's a good advice, especially because, yeah, we did see that team before. And I like to hear that you're seeing the improvement, you know what I mean? Because we saw them a month ago, and now you watched them last weekend, and you're seeing, hey, you see the evolution. So whatever his approach is to coaching is working, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So salute to you, Coach Ryan. But listen, <laughs> I love that, man, because we got some more tournaments coming up the next couple weekends. So all this, we're going to continue to keep peppering you guys with this AAU feedback, or we're going to keep you hitting you guys with this AAU coverage because, again, you guys are going to know about all the top peer pro the top programs here in Chicago, Main Streets, Mac, Irvin, Fire. You guys know about those programs. But we want to shed light to some of these programs that aren't getting that type of notoriety. And so that's what right. A-Dub and I are going to bring to you guys on this show. All right, man, let's get into it today. We're going to start off by talking about our defending WNBA champion, Chicago Scott. So A-Dub, we know we got the rings last week. But before we yes. get into that, I want to talk about some games, that, the game that we hadn't recapped yet, and that was the game against the Washington Mystics. Now, we beat them, A-Dub, but I want to get your thoughts on that performance because I thought in that game there, we start to see more of a well-rounded well effort from our Chicago sky. We started to also see the leader, leader take, take off as well with Candace Parker, as you know, had a triple-double. But you also see a balanced team, right? A balanced yep. attack for us where multiple players on this team are getting their dues, right? I mean, we got Steve getting her thing going on now. We got Khalil Copper back, right? Playing a pimple role. You, you, you got your, your sloop, right? Still doing her thing for us. So now everybody's starting to click a little bit, right? Starting to get a little bit more chemistry with each other, right? Based upon how last season went. So, because we had inserted some new pieces, right? 
Um, and now this team is starting to gel a little bit. So I think right there for us, they still need some more games. But right now we're starting to see them make a turn. Yeah, but you know what? That was the thing that I just really liked with this is the fact, obviously, Candace Parker with her triple-double. She's she's like fine wine, man. She just like, she's like Vino, boy. She just looks good <laughs> out there on that court. 36 years old is still out there balling, man. Woo-wee, man. And the thing is, doesn't like she's she slowing down anytime soon. No, bro. no. Bro, she bringing the ball up the court. Candace ain't playing no games right now. Man, can't you see the vision of hers, friends? I mean, we see it on every regular basis, right? That vision, like those great passes she make. I'm like, she see the play before it already develops, man, before it develops. And then it's a good pass, man, for a layup or so. But, man, Candace Parker IQ is above <laughs> above many, praise by far. Yes, sir. But you talked about a couple people, and I wanted to give some kudos. Azaray Stevens and Rebecca Gardner. Now, we talked about Rebecca yes. Gardner on last week's episode, but in this game in particular, Azaray and Rebecca combined for 23 points off the bench. And when we talked about the Chicago team the Chicago Sky team last year. We talked about the team from the top. We talked about Kansas. Right. We talked about Quigley. We talked about Sloot. We talked about Kalia Copper. But when you talk about this team now, of course we got all the, the, the headline names. But I think it's very important to talk now about how well-rounded this team is with the bench. When you got a Dana right. Evans, you got a Rebecca, a Rebecca Gardner, you, you, when you got an Azaree Stevens. There's so many pieces. You got, even got Emma Meesman. You have yes. so many people – on this team now, top to bottom, it's a really phenomenal roster, man. Man, it is a phenomenal roster. And you and I talked about this here, man. Wade got his hands full, friends, because he can change his lineup anytime he wants to, right? Like he did last season. Remember, Quinley was coming off the bench last season. This right. guy started back into the lineup. He can do some things now with this team, right? With Even with Gardner, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even with Stevens, he can decide how he want to match up against other teams, friends, with the fact he has that kind of versatility uh, with his team now. So salute to Coach Wade for having this big problem here, a good one at that. But, man, he got some players, friends, and you hit them all on the head. Yes, sir. Because then when you talk about ring night, when the fever came in here, now I want to give the Indiana fever some credit because I had one over and I had talked with one of their players before the game. And I was like, so how's it going to be for you guys to watch them get the ring? Because a lot of times people, the opposing players, it, it, you know, it should give them a little bit of a chip on their shoulder watching somebody get all that. Right. They were like, no, it's cool. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like well, well, we'll be ready for them when they get through with their celebrating over there. And I was like, all right, I like that. I like that. But I will say this. The Chicago Sky didn't take their foot off the gas in this game. Most of the time when people get the rings and that banner goes up, they still got their heads in the cloud a little bit. And right. I, the Chicago Sky, they had the required effort in this matchup to beat the Fever. But I would give the Fever credit, A-Dub, because they did not go away. Man, hell no, they didn't go away, man. I mean, Kelsey Mitchell, Mitchell she wasn't playing, bro. Oh, yeah, she wasn't playing no games. Man, she proved why she was the second pick in the 2018 draft for his. She proved that. Like, look, she can flat out ball. The lady can do almost anything on that floor, man. And, I mean, I'd say she got some very good skills. So, salute to her. But you're right. Our team sustained that attack from her. Courtney Vandersloot. Brother, her court vision is some of the best Ooh. court vision I've seen. And I'm talking about even some guys in the NBA. Yep. There were some plays that she made pass-wise, and I'm sitting up here like, damn, that was nice. It's like she sees the floor. Like we were talking about Candace. Candace has yeah. incredible court vision. But Vandersloot, this is another level, bro. Just another level. Man, floor generalship, Prez, is off the charts, man. You're right. The passing ability, Prez, she was dropping dimes in that game, too. I said, man, this is why we love Sloop. We, this is why we wanted her to come back, man, so bad. Because the things she's able still to do at, at, her, at her age, right? It's like, man, this young lady can steal ball, Prez. So the general, those skill sets she has, man. 
is off the charts too. So salute to you, Salute. Keep doing it. Keep dropping them dimes. Man, because it, it came in handy there in that second half because she yep. was dropping dime after dime into the paint. She was finding clear copper, cutting to the back. And that was the one thing about the MVP coming back to Chicago for her first home game back since yeah, she yeah. from overseas. And, you know, obviously she was a little rusty and whatnot, but I'll tell you, there was a lot of them plays where she was just cutting to the basket Sloop was finding her. It was just like, and, it was like you know, taking a, key, a, a candy from a little kid. And that's that chemistry that Sloop and Copper has, Fresh, right? That you and I are talking about that kind of chemistry. They know each other very well from playing, right? And they know each other's game, right? And Sloop know that, look, she's going to cut. <laughs> I got to cover, right? She's going to play fast with me. I, I got to cover. So Copper coming back, Perez, give this team a different element, Perez, from a defense standpoint and offense, because now we can put more pressure, apply pressure because of what Copper able to do. True story, man. And, he, and like I said, man, it was tough for me because I was there at the game, and this is obviously the day of the shooting in Texas. So yeah. my heart was like in another place, really. I mean, sitting there watching the, the pomp and circumstance, it was nice. But Coach Wade, before the game, he was, like, holding back tears thinking about that, you know. And, and and it's just tough because it took away from the moment of them getting their ring because you're thinking about this tragedy that, yeah. in my mind, all I'm thinking of is my heart is what happened in Texas. And I'm not even really – not to, not to be an asshole here, but I really – for that for the, for the sake of that game, okay, I was glad they won, but my heart was just somewhere else that night, you know. And so seeing them, you know, do their thing out there, but also realizing that – they understood that it was a bigger thing at play last yeah, year. They did, man. And you're right, friends. My heart goes out to all the people impacted that what happened in Texas, but including us, you know, because I know it was a hard, a tough thing for all of us to experience, man, as a country. But you're right, man, to see how you lady bloody still go out there and battle and ball. I mean, I got to give them credit for that because that's a tough day, a very overwhelming day, getting your rings, going through that, man, about the tragedy stuff and, and, and still trying to ball in the game, man. It's just tough and it's hard. The commissioner for the WNBA, she came out. She had some really, you know, nice words about what happened there. But she also reminded people of how the Chicago Sky have kind of entered the hearts of Chicago sports and Chicago sports landscape. And it's really cool because when you looked around, you saw, okay, this place is almost packed. There right. was a time when you went to Chicago Sky games, and it was like maybe three to 500 people in there. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. So it's going to show you that this team, the fans are starting to rally. They're starting to support them. And it's really cool. Yesterday, I was out of the bar, and they had the Chicago Sky Aces game on. I was like, that's, that's huge. I love it, man, that these ladies are starting to get some recognition, Perez, for what they bring to the table. It's a, You and I have been championing this for quite a while now. It's a good product. These ladies play hard, man. They put it on the line. They, they're smart. They're skilled, Perez. They got talent. These ladies can out, flat, out, flat out play, man. So I'm, it's great to hear that people are now starting to support these teams because they will deserve it. No, it really does. And then I was just talking about the Aces game because, you know, I'm out of town for the for the holiday. I didn't cover that one. But I would say, hey, dude, I want to get your thoughts on that one because we came up a little bit short, but the Aces are yeah. the best team in the WNBA, bro. <laughs> hey, without a doubt, man. The Aces are not playing any games, Chris. And you and I talked about this shortly off offline, right? With Aja Wilson. I'm like, yeah. man, that young lady can flat out ball. It's like, ain't no stopping her, man. She's a walking double double easily, though. But man, her offensive game is phenomenal. And I see why they what they are. I mean, she's the driving force behind that team. Brother, her, and then uh Kelsey Plum. I mean yep. brother. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. They are loaded too, man. Mm -hmm. uh, Gray over there, she's doing her thing too. 
they, they got a good squad, man. And uh, this is a team that we're going to have to battle with down the road, Perez. I don't think this team going away, man. No, don't, don't even get me started about Chelsea Gray. When she had that and one at the end, I was like, okay. Yeah. should have wrapped. I said the same thing. I said, yeah, it's over. I'm glad we made a comeback, but it's over now, Perez. Mm-hmm. Coach Wade was like, hey, they're the best team. They had the yeah. best team in the league, and he said, I ain't going to forget it. See, and that's one thing about Coach Wade. Coach Wade, very competitive. Yeah. Very. He go and do his homework, as we even seen last season. I'll take a loss, but guess what? I'm going to learn from it. We're going to learn from a team. We're going to come back and be different. So you got to get Coach Wade a lot of props for that, Perez. I like his comment. Yeah, because I think what, what you see with the Chicago Sky team right now, they're four and three. I think yeah. the sense of urgency isn't always there with the with this team. But also, too, we also know that you had a lot of parts of the roster that weren't here. Now you're right. getting them back together. Mm-hmm. And so right now, they've got to create a little bit of that chemistry. they got to jail. they got to get that synergy going. But I think that sense of urgency because the Aces came out and they were physical. They were aggressive. And they took it to us. And we didn't really answer that bell. No, definitely not in that second quarter. They just ran through us in that second yeah. quarter. I was like, man, we struggling here, Perez. But they also played good defense. They were contesting things too, Perez. They were, they, were, they were hustling hard like we were, but we just couldn't make any shots like we wanted to. But, again, it's because of what they were doing to us, right? Causing us to create turnovers and all that stuff. So they played a pivotal part to show that why they're where they are right now. They're not 8-1 for anything. They're 8-1 because they're just that good. They are really good. And shout-out to Becky Hammonds, man, just because – we all knew, like, hey, when she was coaching with the Spurs on Popovich staff, it was yeah. only a matter of time before she was going to get a head coach or not. And mm-hmm. psh, look at what she's doing with this team. She's a hell of a coach, man. Hell of a coach. Good one. But when I look at our Chicago Scots, when I look at our Chicago Scott team, A-Dub, you talked about it a second ago with the poor shooting. I would love to see them try to find other ways to score besides yeah. jacking up three-pointers. Because in that game, you just kept seeing miss three Damn. after miss three. It was tough. And the thing about this team, they don't have to settle for threes, Perez. No. They really don't. I mean, you said it before. You and I talked about this. Emma, she can ball in the inside, right? Parker can battle in the inside. You know, it's like we don't have to settle. Copper can get, you know, can create, right, and, and slash the bucket, right? We don't have to settle for those threes. But I think we take our foot off the gas and we're doing that. We let the defense off the hook. We can't do that. We got to play our game and do more than just jack up threes, like you're saying. Yeah, and also, too, like you mentioned earlier, because this, or like we mentioned earlier, because this team has so many weapons, it's a deeper roster. Right. You saw what happened when Gardner came back on the floor in that fourth quarter. She went on a little mini run there. And the yeah. guy got back into the game. And that's why I'm looking at Coach Wade. And I'm like, hey, you got to find a way to get her on the court. Find a way oh, to get really? her on the court with Copper. And that's what I want to see, Chris, that unit right there with, with, um, with Copper, with Gardner, you know what I'm saying? And, and with Sloop. Those three together, I think they can do some things, Perez. And this has got nothing to do with Quigley. I know Quigley's older. She's not a defensive presence, you know. Right. She's not really the one-on-one person. She, of course, can hit threes. But and sometimes, again, you need, you know, matchups, right? And I think a lady like Gardner, right, can match up against anyone because she's quick, Perez. She can uh-huh. score on anybody. So you got Khalid, you got, I'm sorry, you got Copper and Gardner coming at you, Perez. That's a lot of work. <laughs> that is a lot of work, man. So Wade might, Perez, this is something you and I are talking about. Wade might decide to put guard in the lineup, Perez. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. Yeah, and I know he's probably trying to be respectful for the veteran, right, because she's yep. probably in her last season. I'm assuming. I, I, I haven't heard anything about that, but I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. But when you got a copper and a gardener that both play downhill. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Christ. Oh. That's dangerous, boy. It's scary. It is scary. And 
we haven't even seen the best of what this team could be yet. We haven't. Well, and, I love the, and I love the way that Azarae's been playing off the bench. Me too. I mean, she was playing good in the lineup too, right? She was yeah. playing good when she was starting. So, this again, this is what Wade got to deal with, right? Like, he got a good thing going, Perez, where he can do different things. You can put Stevens back in the lineup, Perez. You can add Gardner for the lineup if you want to. So, he got, a, got some very good players, Perez, on this roster. And once they start the jail, like you were saying, Perez, they're going to be fine, man, once they get to that point. Yes, sir. We got the Phoenix Mercury up next on the calendar on uh, May yep. 31st, day dub. We'll be in the building for that one on it, so we'll give you guys our thoughts there. Let's get into our baseball portion of, of the of the show. So, obviously, Cubs and Sox are battling, duking it out here this weekend. Cubs got game one yesterday, 5-1. A-dub, that was tough, man. You guys got on top of Quato early. And yeah. <laughs> just, didn't, just didn't let up. No, we didn't lay up and let up at all, Perez. And uh, you already know how y'all beat us down last time in Wrigley. So it was like, we need to come back and at least get a win or two in, man, from that. And we were able to get some hits, man. I mean, Nico Horner got a couple, about three hits off you guys. Uh, Wisdom got a nice one driving the run. So, you know, so it's like, it was good to see guys get some hits, you know, get, and get some early run score. And that helped also carry over. And then my boy, you know, Kiki Thompson pitched a pretty good game, Perez. So I think he gave probably about five or so solid innings. I thought that was good, too. Uh, I thought Keegan Thompson was a fucking outstanding man in that game. I mean, he he neutralized our bats. You you know I talk about our offense all the time. Yeah, you know, but he had us. Uh, he he kept us off off balance, and I I really mm-hmm. loved how he was switching it up out there. Yeah, man. And the thing is, that kid has a chance for us to be pretty good, man. And I think we may have not talked about him enough, but I see some some good things out of him, man. And I think if he continue at his rank. You know, uh, making his pitches press, having good locations on his pitches, I think he's going to be very good. No, yeah, he, he's really good. I really, really think you guys got yourselves a good one there. I mean, a lot of Cubs fans, they'll talk about some of the other guys on that pitcher staff. I know Marcus Stroman, he gets a lot of recognition. But, I mean, if you look right. at his, his numbers on the season, two and four, ERA almost close to five, it's like, eh. I mean, Marcus <laughs> Stroman still, he's he's a dude. Yeah. I mean, him, him and Dylan Cease are going head up right now as we speak on the show. But when I think about a, a Keegan Thompson, that's a piece for you guys in the future. And when you think yes. about this Cubs rebuild, hey, you guys got some nice young players in the mix. Yes. And that's somebody we want to make sure, you know, we continue to see, continue to grow press, continue to learn the game of baseball, which I still think he's still learning some things as well, even though he's been doing well so far, having some success. I want to continue that, right, continue to get better. And, you know, as long as you get that repetition going on, being better and Going to the field and taking it like it's your last game, I think he'll be fine. So I'm glad he's taking all this, soaking it all in, press and taking it all serious. But I will say this though, when I'm thinking about this matchup today with Strowman and, and Cease, them dudes are rolling right now. I mean, Woo! we have seven, ain't nobody scored a jack shit. And, and, for our, <laughs> and for my White Sox fans out there, Tim Anderson, he went down with a growing injury. That's a growing injury. I know a lot of people were worried, thought it was a knee. Mm-hmm. He'll undergo further testing tomorrow, but you hate to see a guy go down like that. Oh, definitely hate to see a guy like him go down, Perez. You know, we all look fit to Tim Anderson, man. That kid can flat out play. You know, and to me, you and I talked about this already, Perez. Best shortstop in the game right now. Yes, sir. Ain't going to argue. Ain't going to argue. You know, and he putting the work in. He's showing us, Perez, every single day he plays. He plays hard. He takes no nights off, man. Big guy, when he's out, they give it his all. So salute to him, man. He'll go back and forth with fans, too. But salute to him because he's going to battle, man, out there. And Tim Emerson, man, it's, it's phenomenal. 
But I got to give you credit what you said about Cease and Strowman, man. They out there battling too, friends. And you know me. I've, I've been talking about this earlier this season as well. You and I have, you know, mustache Cease. <laughs> Ted Duke is flat out play. You only had to me one bad outing. So I like what Cease has been doing. He's been consistent all year. And I'm quite sure, man, that's the guy y'all going to ride with. Of course we are. I got to go back to the Tim Anderson point that you made about him battling and fighting. So last weekend, honest, you guys saw that the, the Sox played against the Yankees and there was a little bit of a bench clearing altercation that happened between yeah. Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson. And so in that altercation, what came out from that was we were told that Tim Anderson was called Jackie by Josh, Josh Donaldson. Right. And so Tony Russa in his post-game remarks, called it a, a racist remark. So, Adam, I wanted to get your thoughts on that whole situation because we haven't talked about it yet on the show. Because for me, you know, I love Tim Anderson. I always say best player in baseball. Yeah. But he also called himself the modern day Jackie Robinson. Right. So I also kind of wonder, okay, Tim, I understand you might have told this guy not to call you that shit. But at the same time, I feel like he might have opened himself up for people to kind of give him a little shit for that because he called himself that. Yeah. And when you open up Pandora's box, friends, Somebody's going to use it against you, right? Because when I when it crossed my mind, you said you're the modern-day Jackie Robinson. I'm like, well, bro, I love what you're doing as a great ball player to Madison, but you're not the modern-day Jackie Robinson, man. I mean, do you know what Jackie Robinson went through as a right. baseball player, bro? Right. I mean, you know, prayers, the racial stuff that he had, calling them the N-word. Yep. His own players on his team made a petition, right, to not want to play with him. He can't go to certain hotels after certain games, right, Perez? He's dealing with all this kind of racial tension. And then get balls aimed at him every game, press. People try to tear his head off because he's an African-American breaking the color barrier, right? So that's tough in itself. And then you include threats. This guy yes. gets threat, death threats on the regular. So I'm looking at Samantha. Hey, you're not the modern-day Jackie Robinson, bro. Sorry. I get no. it. It's not a lot of blacks in, the, in, the, in, the, in baseball, but you're not modern-day Jackie Robinson. Right. So that's for me. I looked at the situation. I agree with everything you said. I don't even have details to add. You opened yourself up for that. And what, what I thought with the situation with Tim Anderson reacting the way he did is now you're giving other players in, in the MLB and opposing fans something to, to fuck with you about. Right, Cause, right. Because now they know, oh, he don't like that shit. You know what <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And here's the thing that you talked about, Perez. Was it a racial comment? No. And to me, I didn't think it was a racial comment. I thought it was more like being, you know, hey, look, it's in the sports world, right, Chris? Competition. We're going to say some things that you ain't going to like, bro. You're going to say some things that you ain't going to like. I think he was trying to get this hit. Yeah. And, and to me, I thought wasn't much wrong with that part of it. Now, if people are saying Josh Donaldson has a history, right? He does. Of, you know, of making inappropriate comments as far as racial lines, right? So that's different. I understand him being a jack A, right, or a-hole. I, I get that, right, because you got a lot of those in the game, right? I remember A.J. Brzezinski, was, to me, was one of those a-holes. I'm like, <laughs> but I like the way he played, though, because I know he plays hard, but he'll ruffle some feathers, right? And Josh Donaldson has ruffled some feathers. So I see why the, the, the league might want to suspend him and all that stuff because of his history, and, and I totally get that. But I didn't think it was, a to me, what he was saying to Tim Anderson was really trying to be a racial guy. It was more the hey, I want to get into one of Tim, Tim Anderson's skin. I thought the same way, too. But Tim Anderson also let it be known. He don't play like that, so. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing is, though, I wasn't mad at Tim. And matter of fact, let me shoot out Brendan, man. Let me give him some love on that. Because he the one, like, look, he went over to John Donaldson. Like, hey, man, don't be talking to my player, bro. Like, don't, don't be coming at my player like that, man. I ain't trying to hear you, bro. <laughs> hey, yeah. 
Grandal wasn't playing no game. <laughs> no, he wasn't, man. But I got to salute that backing up your teammate. You know what I'm saying, friends? I'm all for that, bro. Anybody going to back up your teammate, man, you got my love, man, all, all, at all times, man. But I will say this. In this situation with Josh Donaldson, I didn't think it was racist. But Josh Donaldson's a piece of shit. I mean, his yep. old teammates don't even like him. So <laughs> Exactly. Like, okay, is he really saying that or is he just being a jerk? You know, so – and when that case there, I thought it was more of a jerk than anything else. And, yeah, and the guy's and a fucking jerk. Exactly. Like you said, the teammates know it too. They called him out for it. Hey, you're wrong for doing it. You know, I got no problem with that. I salute the Yankee Nation for what they did, how they handled it. But I'll tell you one thing. New fans in the stadium, they was chanting that Jackie shit in game two. And my boy <laughs> T.A. hit that three-more home run. And that's the thing. See, Tim Anderson has got killer instinct. I yep. know some people thought, oh, man, Tim, Tim Anderson was being a little emotional. Yeah, Okay. That motherfucker dropped that three-run home run and dropped his nuts all over fucking New York. So <laughs> y'all got to be careful how y'all play with people, you know? Exactly. Tim Anderson is no scrub. He got that it factor, Chris. Yeah, and we seen it last season, right? He hit so many clutch, so many hits and clutch games. I'm like, man, Tim Anderson is the real deal. And I'm glad the guy can still be able to perform on Perez even through adversity. Whatever's going on outside the field, whatever on the field, he can still play through all that. Yes, sir. One other little piece of white size nuggets that I wanted to give out there is Dallas Keuchel, designated for assignment. Now, A-Dub, what did I tell the audience in the beginning part of the season? I said, this was going to be the most puzzling part of the rotation for me was if this guy was going to rise to the occasion this year. Well, I got my answer to that question because he got DFA shit before fucking All-Star break happened. Man, I was not shocked at all because you, you hit him in the head, Fred. You were concerned about him from the get-go. We saw Dallas struggle last season, and that was concerning coming into this season. And now, look what happens now. Being designated for assignment because he's been struggling again this season. So it's like, man, dude, you're not getting out there. You're not throwing strikes. You're walking people. You're giving them crazy hits. And it's not like the team didn't give him a chance. They gave him chances. I mean, his most recent start gave up six fucking runs in two innings. I mean, you can't do that. Nah, not at all, man. If you're going to struggle like that, you got to get designated Prince. <laughs> you can't get past three innings. Mm-mm. But I would just say, man, that obviously that three-year contract that they gave him backfired on them. I mean, they tried to go out there and sign a guy that they thought would be a, a nice piece with this pitcher rotation, but it just didn't happen the way that they envisioned. So we moved on from him, man. Yeah, man, I get it. It's like he, part of the reason you all couldn't sign Rodon because you had so much money invested in Dallas. So – and now look what happens. Rodon is doing well where he's at. And Dallas designated. Yeah, but you know what the Rodon thing, I just think that they didn't want to invest in that because Rodon, we saw how he was really good the first half of the season, but he wore down physically. He did. Because there was a lot of work that they put on that on that arm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right, Prince. You make a good point, man. That's always a factor in anything, your health. And you're right. He did wear down. I was like, dang, he was phenomenal that first half of the season. Then you're right. That kicked in, and then it gave you all some thoughts to, hey, do we want to sign this guy back? Right. But I would say, man, look, Rodon, hey, he's with the Giants right now. And, hey, he's doing this thing. So, you know, salute to him. Yes, sir. So one quick thing that I wanted to talk about with the audience on the Cubs side before we get into our alumni content, Fergie Jenkins, a dub. Yeah. Got a statue unveiled, and we didn't get a chance to talk about that with the audience yet, but salute to Fergie, man. Yeah, man, Fergie was a phenomenal pitcher, man, for the for the Cubs, Perez. And uh, this guy don't get a lot of credit. I mean, this dude probably had, like, what, six straight seasons of getting 20-plus wins, Perez, 20 or more wins pitching-wise. That's wise fucking in. sick. That's sick. Yeah, man, so he is phenomenal. I'm happy that 
the Cubs honor him with this, man, because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of great pitch. You are too, Chris. Uh, if you do great, you do great in the city of Chicago. We all support any any player, no matter what side of the table you're on, White Sox or Cubs. We give props where props are due. And to see the, the Cubs do this for him, man, I say it was well overdue, but well-deserved for sure, man. He's one of those guys you want to do something like this for. It's Luke the Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, dude, now he's right by Ernie, Billy, and Ronnie. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's pretty huge. And he even said how humbled he was for that honor and that type of recognition. Yeah, man, I was happy for him, Brace. I was so happy just to see him out there. I know he's an older player. I mean, older person now, you know, uh, age and all that stuff kicks in. But he's getting out there, man. Still looks good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was out there, you know, just showing a lot of love to the fans and also to the Chicago Cubs organization. So I support him, what he's doing. And uh, good luck to him the rest of the way. That statue, again, was well-deserved, well-earned. Yeah, Fergie, he looked good, man. He looked happy. And, uh -huh. <laughs> and I loved it, man. I was like, yes, sir, Fergie. And yeah. it's good for people to get their flowers when they're still here to be able to witness it, you know? That's a very good point, Perez, why they're still here, man. And I was so glad that the Cubs did the right thing with this. Fergie's still here. He can appreciate it, Perez. He and his family. They love it. So, when you do things like that, that kind of generosity, it goes a long way, not only with the fat people in the family, but also with the, the, the fan base as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, salute to Fergie. Well, let's get into our alumni content because audience, and I know A.W. and I, we've been joking about this for months now, but with the way the college basketball scene has changed with the transfer portal, with the NIL, the offseason for the college basketball, I don't think there is an offseason anymore because we're still talking about commitments. <laughs> Atlanta, I got another one, A-Dub. Matthew Meyer from Baylor. Mm -hmm. Commits to the Atlanta. Brother, I've been so happy with this offseason from our Atlanta. Brad Underwood and his assistant coaches, damn, they're killing it, bro. They are working their tail off, friends. <laughs> I'm not even allowed you, man. They keep on adding pieces to this team, man. And these pieces are like pieces that can help the team continue to win, friends. We're talking about, you know, the hunt we made last year. I know we did a lot of great things last season, but we can do even more this coming season with all these new pieces we got. So I'll tell you, man, Underwood and the staff, like you said, Chris, they are putting in some great work, and they working that portal, bro. Baby, they working it. You can't tell them nothing, man. I mean, after, pull, <laughs> after pulling in uh, Terrence Shannon from that portal, now getting Meyer, brother, my goodness, they are doing work. Man, this could probably gonna be a good season for Milan now, Perez, with that work they putting in. Probably. It's gonna be a good season. Look at look at the lineup. Okay. Right now, when you looked at this team after the season, it didn't look so good when Carbello left, right? Right, right. We was all kind of sitting there worried because we already knew there's a big chance that Kofi's gonna enter the draft. Right. We knew we was losing DeMonte. We knew we was losing Plummer. We didn't really know what was going to happen with Grandison. Think about all those type of guys. And then Podzinski ended up entering the portal. Omar Payne ended up ended up leaving in right. the portal. Boss bands. All those people that we lost on this team. And if you look at this roster now, I'm like, I feel like this roster is better than what we had last year. I think so too, Prez. I think it's a more explosive roster. It's a roster where they can run up and down the floor, Prez, much quicker. Yep. Much faster, much athletic, right, Prince? I'm like, I like this roster very well because it's the modern-day game now. <laughs> Kobe was different. Kobe was a guy from, from two decades ago type player. Now they had to play more of the modern-day basketball now, man, with this kind of team here with a lot more explosiveness. But to that point about Kofi, 
Kofi was still a generational talent. And yep. so even though his game was a little bit, you know, outdated for the way basketball is going these days, you still had to put your offense through him because if you did, right. it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you <know>? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he was dominating so bad, he prays. I mean, dominate. I mean, he, he draw, you and I talked about this. He drew two or three guys every oh, time yeah. he touched the ball. So oh, yeah. what can you do with that? Like, hey, you better use that guy. He's a yeah. weapon. You better pound that ball in the paint to him and keep it moving. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So you guys like Trent Frazier, you know, club, like, oh, I enjoy this. All I got to do is sit back and wait for a shot, man. Get the ball to me. I'm wide open for a three. Hey, you know, a guy like Plumber who was just letting them things ride, all he needed was a little bit of room for that step back. That's all he needed, friends. And Kofi can help you get that little room you need. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when you look at this roster right now, yeah, they got the versatility. And I know we keep talking about that, but it, it's mm -hmm. not just a buzzword. It is what it is. When you got a Matthew Mayer now coming here, this guy can put the ball on the floor. He can he take can. it to the basket. He can shoot. He can defend. Terry Shannon Jr. the same way. You got guys now on this roster that's got that type of versatility, a Sky Clark, a Jay Neps, right? R.J. Melendez and his skill set, who we're all just can't wait to see what R.J. is going to be able to do next season. Think about him and that mix with all those type of players. Coleman Hawkins and his versatility. And Hawkins getting better too, Press. So it's like you got these guys one year better now, Press, next season. And you hit R.J. I love R.J., man. That kid – can flat out shoot. He's a ball player, man. Not only just shoot press, he can also play defense too. So right. I mean, you got like you said, man. This is a this is a loaded team, man. I was I'm really starting to see how Underwood's going to play these players because you look at the roster wise, friends. It's a lot of quality players on this team who who can who deserves to play. I mean, think about this, A Dub. Top ten prep uh, class. So we talk about Ty Rogers all the time. We yep. talk about Jay Ness. We talk about Sincere Harris. Top class right there. But then you Top see class. what they've done in the transfer portal. <laughs> it's been even better. So it's like, okay, you got all these guys merged together to the point that you made. Brad Underwood, man, he's got a tough job <laughs> to trying to figure out these minutes, man. Because I think even a guy like Ty Rogers, I would love to see him in a lineup with some of these, these guys. Yeah. Like, think about, like, the, the – the type of uh, lineups that he could throw out there. He could put a lineup where he's got Ty Rogers maybe playing a four, got right. him on the, on the court at the same time with a Terrence Shannon. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things they could do with this team. So many different things they can do, Press. And you, I'm glad you're talking about versatility again because that's the factor in this whole thing. You don't lose any sleep. If somebody gets in foul trouble, Press, you're not worried because you got somebody that can come in and replace that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can still put that four in the gas that's coming in. So – I tell you, man, practice is gonna be phenomenal. Underwood practices, press competition level. Ooh, we it's gonna be a lot of guys going at it in their practice. That's gonna be phenomenal, bro. It's gonna be phenomenal because you know how Brad he loves that type of competition. No yep. practice, they gonna be getting after each other's boy. They gonna be getting after <laughs> each other. <laughs> and I know Brad feeling really good right now, friends. Like you know what? I brought the right guys in this in this locker room. They gonna compete, man, with each other and against other teams. You in good shape, man. And that floor is going to be so spread next season. We talked about what they were able to do with Kofi. Nah, man. We ain't seen nothing yet. I'm sure Brad is so excited to have a team now that's got some lift. Because look at the backcourt last year. You had Trent and you had Plumber. Both of those guys were, what, 6'1", 6'2"? Yeah, short. Yeah, very short backcourt. Shit. Now you got Scott Clark coming in here at 6'3", Terrence Shannon at 6'6", RJ Melendez at 6'7". I mean, come on, man. Matthew Meyer, 6'9", Coleman Hawkins, 6'10". That is going to be a problem. Ooh, 
a very big problem right there, Perez. It gets, it's nightmare matchups out there, Perez. It can be. As long as these kids are continuing to develop, which I believe they will, you and I know that, under what they do develop. So it's like, man, they're going to be very good. And you're right, Perez. That kind of versatility like that, man, being able to go on offense and defense, Perez to play that at a high level, I'm looking at the defense part of it that you and I are looking at too. That's going to be exciting to watch because, man, <laughs> you see Underwood defense now last season, it was good. But, man, now you get to go to another level too. I'll tell you one thing, the Big Ten, I hope they uh, I hope they're going to be prepared for this because I know everybody's talking to us about Michigan and saying, well, hey, that Michigan basketball team is going to be really good next season. Yeah, they will. But I can't wait to see Michigan and Illinois go head up with each other because this new team that Brad is, is putting out here, I feel like this is like the team that Brad's wanted his whole time being the champagne. Matter of fact, look like it's an identity. It's like a, a um, Brad Underwood identity type team right here, Perez. Like you said, of, of his coaching style. It all fits. His coaching style and the player personnel, it all works together. No, I definitely agree with that. And, and I'd say one thing, too. Defensively, to the point that you were making earlier, I can't wait to see them get after people because <laughs> you, you may start seeing them trapping. You might start seeing right. them doing all kind of crazy shit. Yeah, because they got the quickness for us now. You know what I'm saying? They got the quickness and the size. Yes. So I'm, I'm down for that, man. I'm looking forward how – like, you just hit just on the head how Brad is going to put together these schemes. He can scheme very well with this team. And then on top of that, <laughs> like you said, if a guy gets in foul trouble, then you can go to that bench. And then you <laughs> on the bench, you got a Luke Goody. On the yep. bench, you got – oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm just so excited, bro. But you got a Ty Rogers. I can't wait to see this kid out there in a lot of uniform. Jay Nepps, A-Dub. I mean, this is so much. Day Danger. I mean, this is a kid that we still haven't seen. And I think he's got a lot of potential. Man, Prez, you get me excited now, man. Man, what a lot <laughs> Let's go watch some ball now, man. Let's go watch some line that ball right now, Prez. To get me all pumped up for the season, man. That's what I'm talking about because this team is going to be nice. True. But then you're going to be complaining with me. You're going to be driving back and forth to Champagne all fall. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all be worth it, Prez, as long as we get the W, baby. Yes, sir. I, I, I feel that. I love that. Well, man, let's get into some Chicago Bulls talk, man. So, on the Chicago Bulls front, we talked about on last week's episode, A-Dub, Ayo DeSumo, second, second team, all-rookie team. Shout yeah. out to him. Hey, for a guy that filled a 38, not a lot of people saw that coming. The kid took the opportunity and ran with it. But DeMar DeRozan, second team All-NBA, another guy that didn't get a lot of credit when he came in here. They called it the worst signing offseason-wise in the NBA. And all DeMar DeRozan came here and did is just balled out and showed people what's up, showed people that he still got it at 32. A-Dub, when you see that type of recognition going to a DeMar DeRozan, especially after those three seasons he had at San Antonio where they were solid, but they weren't spectacular. Right. How do you think that DeMar DeRozan feels about his place in the NBA right now? He got to be feeling very good at his place in the NBA right now, Chris, to know that he's still playing at a high level. Matter of fact, like you say, even played better than he did with the Spurs, man. And he's showing right now that he can still be the number one guy on the team. And the way he played on the Chicago Bulls team, Chris, no telling what we would be without him. I don't think, you know, your boy had this kind of an impact, Zach Levine, to where he can carry a team like DeRozan can. And DeRozan proved that, you know what, not only did I carry the Bulls, I was a leader, I support these guys. I had all the intangibles, not defense-wise, but everything else as a leader to help this team move forward. And it was worth the investment. Very well worth it. So it, sure was, it sure was. Now, one thing I want to say, because you picked, you you touched on something, A-Dub, that I don't think a lot of people talk about. 
the on-court exploits, hey, that's one thing. We already know what DeMar DeRozan brings on the court. Right. But I thought his leadership, bro, was pretty phenomenal. When Ayo DeSumo got his banner raised to the rafters of Champagne, you knew we were there covering that. Right, right. DeMar DeRozan was the only guy on that Bulls team that was there with him. DeMar DeRozan is a 32-year-old superstar player in the NBA who drove down to Champagne, Illinois on his day off. Right. To me, right there, that. that said all I needed to. That said all that needs to be said about a Demar Derozan. He's no better than that, Perez. No better than that. And he showed up for a rookie at that. Yeah, a rookie. This is not nobody up here here, Perez, who been in the league ten years or whatever. This is a rookie on this team, first year in the NBA, and the, the leader of this team is going there to support this kid. Can't get any better than that, man. I love what I saw, man. So, and then you got DeRozan talking about what he's going to do in the offseason with these guys, sitting through that mumble training for him. Yep. It's like, man, he's already just showing us that, look, I'm not done with this team yet. I'm taking my game, our game, to the next level. This is what we're going to do to prepare for ourselves for the next one of the season. So, he's doing all the things that you want a guy to do, man, to show greatness outside the court, man. So, I love it. And on top of that, he's already letting everybody know that he's all in. Because yes. right now, we got his his buddy at crime, Zach Levine, who we don't know what he's going to do. Because we got the clutch little shenanigans at work already. Now <laughs> we're hearing a little bullshit out there saying that Zach isn't happy with his placement on the team. Well, we don't know what's going to happen with the Zach Levine situation. Because a lot of Bulls fans are kind of on the fence about whether or not this guy should get $200 plus million dollar extension. You and I talked about that in the previous episode. Right. So we're not going to talk about that right here. But I want to get your thoughts, though, on... Do you think that these rumors are just bullshit that was just thrown out there? Or do you think there could be some truth to the fact that Zach Levine wants to be the guy? I think it's some BS. It's some BS, Perez. I don't think Zach Levine that kind of a guy. There has not been any other team that Zach Levine has played for where he's been the man. You know what I'm saying? He may have had a year or so with the Bulls as being the man, you know what I'm saying? But overall, his entire career, he has not been. Does he have the game to be number one? That's, that has yet to be seen yet. You know what I'm saying? I think it's all BS people breaking out stuff like that, Chris, to probably try to get this guy to give more money for the Bulls in case they would have a second thoughts of not wanting to sign him back. That's what I think it's all about, Chris. How do we keep this guy on the Bulls team? That's what it's all about. Because I know Zach Levine wants his money. He wants to be in Chicago pretty much. I have not heard anything any different. If Zach Levine, we know, Chris, it's not like that, man. He is not like that to have all these kind of BS rumors floating around. Yeah, he showed himself to be a team guy because he put off yeah. his knee surgery – so after the season, for the sake of the team. Like, yeah. we knew that Zach wasn't 100%, and he went out there and gave it all he had. Right, right, exactly, man. He's a good guy, man. And to see all this rumors swirling around him, Perez, this is probably the, one of the first times in his career where he got all this rolling going around because he's coming up as a free agent, right? It's like, dude, he don't never have this kind of thing. So I don't even think it's him at all. I don't think this is what he wants. It's just somehow he's probably somewhere doing his own thing, Perez, getting ready for the next season, like you said, the surge and all that stuff. But it's like, he's not even paying this stuff no mind, these rumors. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm happy that he had a successful surgery. I hope that this is just all just some stuff that, that Clutch Sports and Sharks trying to put out there to just put pressure on the Bulls. Maybe they feel like yeah. they got to put pressure on the Bulls to make sure that the Bulls know this guy needs a max. If you don't give him a max, then he's not coming there. I hope that's that all. that's all this is. Me too. I believe the same thing, Prince. And you know Clutch, man, what they always talk to, man. It's always some drama surrounding them. <laughs> always. So I can't forget about that. It's always with their with their players that uh, they uh, were, at, were at agency for. And you always heard it. You and I plenty of times, even with AD and everybody else they had on their squad, 
where they always been some kind of swirl and some kind of yep. rumors going on. So nothing new here, I will say. But I know it's not what Zach wants, you know, per se. But do I do know that Zach wants to get the pay, want to get paid? Oh, he want to get paid. Oh, for sure. He don't yeah. want that because he views it as that's respect. If yeah. I get the max contract, which he didn't get the last time, and I'm sure that bothered him then. And Zach's like, uh, uh-uh, I left a lot of money on the table the last time. It ain't happening this time. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not disagreeing with him because he hell sure did left a lot of money on the table. And he played well better than that contract he had with the Bulls. So he's right. He's worth an increase. How much that is for us, we'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm with Zach. Hey, I got to get paid now, man. Got to get paid. And, okay, if I'm, if I'm just being – if I look at this thing objectively, let's just say, for instance, if he did decide that he doesn't want to return to Chicago, which I still think that we resign him. Where is he going to go? And out of the teams that are out there, I think Dallas and the Atlanta Hawks are the only team that can actually really get him or right. would have pieces that we would want something back in the side of the trade. Because right. I don't give a fuck what people keep talking to me about the Lakers. The Lakers don't have shit on that roster that I want on this Bulls team. Exactly. I'm with you. And it may be, it may be sad for me to say, but even with AD, he don't play. So no, you want a guy that. like that <laughs> on your team who might give you, what, 20, 30 games? It's no. a waste. Now, now you no. put it all on DeMar DeRozan again, right, to carry the team. So do you want to invest in something like that, right? So I'm with you, Perez. Getting somebody from the Lakers may not be the ideal situation here for the Bulls. No. And when I hear or when we talk about the fact of what DeMar DeRozan is going to plan to do with this team during the summer, getting Zach Levine back in the fold is going to be very it's going to be very vital to this team if we want to contend the East. Because looking at this playoffs yeah. right now, Man, A-Dub, I've been, like, so jealous looking at these teams. I'm like, man, this Bulls team, man, is so close. Yep. They were so close, Perez. I think you and I probably talked about this year. They may be some, another piece, a defensive piece away, probably from doing damage, right? Yeah. Uh, but you're right, man. They are a good team. They're actually there. If Zach Levine can come back better than what he was the previous year and healthy, it might give us a fighting chance for sure if he can take his game to the next level, especially if the Bulls sign to that whatever crazy contract. He got to show he's worth that. You know what I'm saying? You can't be no just no one-dimensional guy with that kind of money, Chris. You got to play defense at a high level as well. You got to show you a two-way player or something, man. So, Zach, he just can't come in just shooting the ball and scoring, man. You got to give the team much more than that for 200-plus million. Can he do it? Maybe so. But, again, he got the short if you want that kind of money, Perez, because those are the game changers in the league. You ask me, the Currys of the world, I mean, you know, LeBrons of the world, like, you know, the KDs of the world. You got to be all world, man, if you want that kind of money. Yeah, because that's $200 million club, bro. That's an exclusive club, ain't it? <laughs> exactly. You want that kind of money, man. I seen coaches turn – I mean, I seen ownership turn guys down who was on the cusp of getting that kind of money because they ain't feel they worth that $200 million. I mean, you think about – the Bulls organization, they got some they got some some decisions ahead of them because you saw what happened with Jimmy Butler here in Chicago when the organization did not think Jimmy Butler was worth that Supermax. They right. decided to trade him. So now AK and Mark Eversley have to think about this and say, do we want to pay this guy this type of money? Are they yeah. concerned with the knee long term? So there's a lot of things they even got to think about. I agree. Because you're right, man. His health is, is a key factor, Perez. And you know how it is with that knee, Perez. That's a part of your defense. You can't – that knee, that, that lingering to you and that big of a problem, you can't defend. You can't move those lateral moves like you want to, Perez, on defense. And you're hurting the team. So I hope he's fine. I just hope that the, the front office do their homework, Perez, to really evaluate that. So, no, we, we should definitely see here. But I'll tell you one thing, man. Well, Zach's looking at the fact that Luca. 
Well, Trey Young, they got them two hundred million dollar contracts. You know he wants that shit. You know he wants that shit. <laughs> I ain't mad at him. I mean, he feel like he's in part of that company. He feel like he deserves it. He's been a part of the good success of this team this past season. Hey, I'm not mad at Zach. Get paid, young brother. Get paid. Yeah, listen, we go knock it. But I just, for me, when I hear all these different rumors that keep coming out, I'm like, this is all bullshit, man. I'm like, yeah. Zach, Zach and DeMar are cool. I saw the way that they interacted with each other, man. They ain't got no beef. Zach ain't got no beef with DeMar. None at all, man. None at all. If they were worried about that, I'm quite sure DeRozan would have called him up first and said, hey, man, what you need, man? Because DeMar is one of the most unselfish, you know, players, you know, that we've seen, Perez. Um, and I know with him and Zach, they have a good tight relationship that you and I have seen. They support each other for success they've done the past season. They're there for each other, man. So I, it, it is BS for us to throw dirt on Zach Levine's name like that, man. I feel bad for him to have to go through that. Yeah, but I honestly think that it might be coming from his camp. So I think instead of thinking about it from throwing dirt on Zach's name, I think it's like kind of like kind of throwing shade toward DeRosa because we know DeRosa is the yeah. number one guy here in Chicago, honestly. Yeah, he is, man. If you're DeBond DeRozan, you might want to hit your boy Zach up and say, hey, man, what's up, bro? We good? <laughs> what I do? What yeah, I do? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? We straight, man. Recently, we were good by All-Star break. You were not talking about giving me kudos for being on the All-Star team and all that stuff, you know? So are we good, man? Let me know. But if I've done something wrong, do I need to change up my game? I want to make this thing work. How let me? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I think that's what it comes down to. And we know DeRozan. Yeah. He's mature. He's an adult. He, I'm sure yep. he's already had multiple conversations with Zach. So I'm sure that shit's all good. I'm with you, Perez. It's about the money, man. <laughs> so, it's definitely all about the money. <laughs> so ain't nothing wrong with that, man. He's like, I'm playing every tactic so the Bulls can bite. Yeah, they just want they just want to make sure that the Bulls not realize that Zach is open. And what that means is he's open to flirting with other teams, but I don't think Zach wants to leave here. I think Zach really has found a home here in Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And it's a big market here too, Perez. You know how it is with the fan base here. You can do almost what you want, man. You, you win in Chicago, man. Our fan base love you forever. You know, so, you know, he'll be fine. He definitely will be. Well, Adel, before we get out of here, man, we got to touch on some Chicago Bears talk. We know that the team is in the middle of their off-season tra- off uh, training activities. The OTAs are, are, are wrapping up here, or, or we're kind of getting in the thick of the OTAs. But I wanted to get your thoughts on a story that kind of came out last week where Justin Fields has some things to say about Matthew Nagy. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to get your thoughts on that because we knew it wasn't a secret that Justin Fields probably wasn't as happy with his placement in the league last year as a rookie in the NFL. So what did you think about some of those comments that he had to say about Matt Nagy? When I heard those comments, I was like, damn, we kind of knew some things was going on in the back scenes, <laughs> you know, where people were trying yeah. to keep stuff quiet. And when Allen Robinson came out, Perez was like, hey, Zach Levine, you should be gone, right? Made that tweet, I'm leaving Chicago. It was uh-huh. like, you know what? It was some hurt feelings in that locker room with Nagy, man. And Nagy hurt the culture big time with that team. So I wasn't surprised when Justin Fields made his comments. I was like, yeah, another shot at Nagy, you know, for what he did with this team and how he brought the team down in. And the fact that he wasn't even the guy that wanted Justin Fields to start from the get-go, right? Nope. He wasn't advocate for that. So it all coming full circle now, Perez, on how he actually stopped the development of Justin Fields from the beginning. You know what my main problem was when I saw the comments that Justin Fields had? It just, just revealed even more to me that Matt Nagy never had a plan. He right. never really knew what to do with Justin Fields. So for him, it was like, okay, I'm going to go with the veteran. Yep. But you never gave Justin Fields any reps of the ones. We've talked about that. I'm not retracing that part. But right. my point is, though, that just goes to show you how Matt Nagy was not a fit to be the coach of this team because the guy didn't have a plan set up to make sure that this kid, Justin Fields, 
was being set up for success long term. Correct. Correct. Sad. It's crazy. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> and the thing is, we all heard about just the fields, right? Even coming to Chicago, how much talent this kid has. And for Nagy to avoid looking at that piece, friends, and just really let this kid on, on pretty much on the island by himself, really, friends, for the most part. And now look at where this kid is at now. Now he got a full season with a new regime who's really focused in on him of his growth and development. It just shows you Nagy dropped the ball on many different levels, Chris, when it came to Justin Fields. True story. And this is another thing, too. It was clear that Matt Nagy never had a plan B option because when Dalton got hurt and when Justin Fields was out there, he tried to run the same offense with Justin that he had designed for Dalton. Right. So it goes, it went to show you that he did not have any sort of a package plays in there that suited Justin Fields' skill set. And this is something we talk about on DB a lot. But that just really further showed you when you saw Justin, when you heard Justin Fields' comments yep. about the culture. The culture, yep. About how he was prepared. Mm-hmm. Us, us fans, we were surprised to hear that shit. Right, right. The fact that he even had, and the thing is, this sometimes players don't realize what they say for his and how big of a story he can become. Because I don't think Justin Fields was trying to throw neck in the bus intentionally. It just came out that way, right? For him just being a rookie and see how the team was last year to where is that right today, right? He's like, I don't think our culture was the best culture last year. We knew mm-hmm. that problem, Perez. We knew something was up, right? You and I were like, speculating, like, man, something ain't right. Jalen Johnson coming out saying something, right? <laughs> and then he had to get checked. And then your boy A-Rob, as I said, already said so that his whole demeanor in general during the play. You were talking about how he was quitting on plays, right? You called it out, Perez. You're like, man, he's been quitting on plays. He's yep. not finishing plays. Something's going wrong, right? But nobody ain't saying nothing, right? Right. So now here we are. It's all coming out. And I don't think he's going to be the last one that says something about it, Perez. I think there are others who are going to speak out indirectly about how Nagy tarnished the team, Perez. It's just going to continue coming out, especially if the Chicago Bears have success on this new regime. Yeah, no, true story. But I will, you know, what I did take away from this is the fact that I think Justin Fields wants to be the leader of this team, wants to be the leader yes. of this offense. And I love that because one thing that's really kind of interesting. So I, I read somewhere that Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, told Mitch Trubisky that before when he before he joined the Bears, that he needed to take control of his own career. Yeah. And what happened was with Mitch and here with Matt Nagy was, Mitch obviously never did so because Matt Nagy threw him under the bus. We know how that situation went, right? Right. Justin Fields seems like the type of kid that was going to take that type of advice and run with it, meaning he wants to be in an offensive system that he has some control. See, under Matt Nagy, Justin Fields had no control. Matt Nagy would not let them audible. He would, you know, all that bullshit. That yeah. Was Matt Nagy wants you to run things his way. Yep. Well, Justin Fields, I think, is going to be in a quarterback-friendly system that we always talk about where he's going to have that ability because you got to think about this. As a quarterback in the NFL, they're going to be real quick to label you a bust. <laughs> Good point. So Justin Fields needs to be in a system where, hey, if this play, he knows, okay, you know what, I, I need to be able to improvise. I need to be able to tweak this thing a little bit. They need to be able to give him the ability to do that. I'm with you, Prince. He deserves that kind of a freedom, man. And if you want to see to get the best out of the guy, you got to make him part of the solution, not part of the problem. Now, I think where this regime is going, they're taking a the partnership, Prince, and looking at all his skills and all his greatness and using that to, to their advantage. That's what this Bears team wants to do, exploit what he does very well. If he got some development, of course, what they're seeing right now, they're working on, on, on that part of it. But the thing is, they're all in with the Prince and helping this guy be successful. So you're right. They're sitting around everything around Justin Fields to try to help him from that perspective. 
Yeah, man, and that's going to be very, very important for us with, with this team because we need leadership. Yep. I think with Matt Eberflus coming in here, he realized replacing Matt Nagy, there was a lot that <laughs> did not go well here, and there's a lot of hard work that Eberflus is going to have to do to get the culture back to where it was at or where it should yeah. be. You know what I mean? I'm but, I, I, but I'll tell you one thing. When I look at Justin Fields, you look at the kid. He knows he's the guy. He's yep. coming in with that confidence. His teammates are saying that they see a difference in him. Well, what did Cole Kamen say? He said he just loves how Justin Fields has control of the huddle. He's not just calling to play. See? But he's like he just has a different feel to him. That shit's yes. important. That's the it right there, Perez, that guy commanding this offense, right? And you hit it on the head. You talked about his leadership, right? Justin Fields is showing us that, hey, this is what he wants. This is what he want to do, Perez. And he's ready for any smoke that comes his way regarding that. Yes, so sir. that kid is putting that work in right now as we speak, right? He's been putting work in all offseason, right, Perez? You and I talked about that too. So it's like now he is trying to put it all together. So let's continue to watch this kid grow. So far, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, man. Facts there. For sure. For sure. Well, it up. Final segment time, if this city could talk. And in the wake of the uh, horrible shootings that took place this week in Texas, where we saw yes. 21 lives being taken, my if this city could talk is going to be short and to the point. If this city could talk, it would say, we got to change our current, we have to change our current gun laws. We have to put in measures to ensure that all citizens are safe out here, especially our children. And we yes. can't have incidents like this continue to happen. Shortest week, but very powerful, Prez. Because you're right, man. There's no way an 18 year old should be able to get a weapon like that, Prez. No, at no. All, and no state, Prez. No state no. or city. No, so, man. You 18. You, listen, 18 year olds can't even buy a, a beer, but we could buy AR-15s. Come on, Prez. Some 18 year olds can't even get no club. <laughs> oh, depending on where you at. Right, exactly. Depending on where you at. So it's like, but they ever get access to that kind of weapons? Come on, man. We got to be very careful and mindful of those kind of things there. So I'm totally with you, Perez, 1,000%, bro. If this city can talk, it will say, look, the pandemic isn't quite over yet. You got to be safe out there still, man. You got to work hard and protect yourself no matter what. And still have a great time. Just want to know that it's still out there and continue to take care of yourselves. Don't get careless, you know, out there when it comes around to being out there in front of people. Wear a mask if need be, you know, whatever it takes from that perspective. But still protect yourself while you're out there. But have fun. Enjoy life. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's the, that's the, the biggest thing with well, what's going on right now, A-Dub, is the fact that we talk about all the gun violence that's going on right now. We talk about COVID. We talk about this pandemic. We talk about mental health. There's so many things that are going on right now. And I think it's a really important to make sure people are trying to balance, enjoy their lives, and not right. really getting bogged down by some of the stuff that's going on outside. Because there's a lot of shit that's going on right now. I, and I just implore everybody, just try to do what you can to protect your energy. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. My heart and thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Texas. But at the end of the day, it's not about thoughts and prayers because we need, as I said in my If This City Can Talk, we need to put measures and laws and changes in place to ensure yes. that this stuff doesn't happen. Because at the end of the day, we're going to get really sick and tired of hearing you talk about our thoughts and prayers go to this person. Fuck your thoughts and prayers. If you care right. so much, do something. Press. Man, that's powerful, bro, right there. You're right. If you care so much, you do something about it, Chris. And I'm not just talking about people in Texas, Chris. We're talking about this entire country, man, of doing something about stuff like that, man. We got to do something. We got to do more to protect and do the right thing in this country. Our lawmakers, us. 
if you see something and you notice one of the people in your circle is having some struggles, you know this person got a shit ton of, of firearms and things like that, man, go talk to somebody and say, hey, man, this person hasn't been in their right state of mind. I'm concerned about them. And they also I also know that they got a lot of guns. Right. Go say something. Go do something. We got a responsibility. Listen, I already I have always looked at these politicians and understood that they don't give a damn. They only want the votes. A lot of times they're placating us and they fucking tell us what they think we want to hear. They don't actually do anything. Sometimes we, the people, got to realize that we the ones that have the power, the true power. And sometimes we got to fucking make sure that we're doing more to make sure that we're being safer for ourselves and for the person next to you. And you hit it right on the head right there, Press, about doing more. Understand who you're really voting for. Understanding what their plans are for whatever whatever city they're stated in. Understand that part because that's a, that's an important piece of it. Knowing what these people are when they have their laws, philosophies, where they stand at. So you got to understand who you're voting for, sir. Well, the A Dub man, great ass show today, man. Audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this platform for the Chicago State of Mind. Thanks for listening, and we are out. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.